This is Father Aaron with another podcast. When I first entered seminary, being a musician, I quickly joined the seminary Scola Cantorum, the choir. One of the first pieces we learned as a choir was Thomas Tallis's four-part motet, If Ye Love Me, based on the passage we just heard from St. John's Gospel. I've sung that piece so many times since then that I can't help but to hear Tallis's melody when I read these words. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of Truth. The piece was composed and published in 1565, during the reign of Queen Elizabeth I, for use in the English services of the newly founded Church of England, the Anglican Church. But its simple melody and soothing message have made it a timeless piece of the English choral tradition. Thomas Tallis' life was really the ideal situation for a musician. He was raised as a boy chorister in the Chapel Royal of Henry VIII, placing him in the middle of both the royal house and the development of music at the time. He served as choir master at Canterbury Cathedral before returning as a house composer to the Chapel Royal under Henry VIII, Edward VI, Mary I, and Elizabeth I, where he served until his death. Tallis had an associate, and the Chapel Royal, another favorite composer of mine, William Byrd. But fate would have it that Tallis and Byrd would later be divided from one another. You see, Byrd, though raised as a Protestant in the Anglican Church, became a devoted Catholic, the true patrimony of England. In 1590, Pope Pius V recognized the division that the English royal house had made between Catholics in England and the Roman Pontiff. Having authority of temporal matters given to him by Christ, Pope Pius V decreed that English subjects were absolved from allegiance to Elizabeth I. As a result, both Tallis and Byrd were faced with a decision. For Tallis, it was to remain in the service of the crown and in his prestigious position until his death. 
but for Bird, it was to give up his position and to relocate relocate his family to the English countryside, where he lived somewhere in secret, occasionally hosting hidden priests in their house for Mass, some of which were later executed for saying Mass. The faith of William Bird was forced by the tragic circumstances of his day to a much more domestic and modest expression than perhaps he was familiar with in the royal house. For the rest of his days, he composed musical settings not for great choirs, but for small groups of singers, groups of three or four or five. But one thing is certain. William Byrd was convinced that keeping the commandments of the Lord, remaining faithful to the truth and to his church, was far more valuable than anything he had in his former life or anything else. There's been a lot of stir in the Christian world lately, as churchgoers have been shuttered up in their homes, whether by a governmental decree or by the advice of their bishop or pastor, all across the world, not just in our own country, but churches everywhere, have been closed for over two months without any form of public worship. And this has certainly led to a lot of frustration, especially for very devoted Christians who lately have become more and more critical of the decisions of their bishops to keep the doors of their churches closed. Of course, in hindsight, we will see if these decisions were worthwhile or not. Now, many places are beginning to reopen, and in other places, such as our own diocese, plans are being made for the eventual return to public worship. But in all of this, I can't help but to think about feeling the way the apostles would have felt when they heard these words of our Lord in the gospel today. In a little while, he says, the world will no longer see me. And of course, 50 days after he said these words, the apostles would, would watch Christ fulfill that promise as he ascended into heaven, seeming to leave them in their own devices. I mentioned in my homily at the Easter Vigil how in every age we seem to come across times when people are faced with the question, have we been abandoned by God, who promised to never abandon us? Perhaps that was the thought of William Byrd as he lost his hope of a musical career in the household of the royal family in order to stay truth to the faith true to the faith perhaps he felt that abandonment as he saw his priest murdered for celebrating mass certainly there are right now a great many catholics who feel abandoned by the church and i think rightly so many priests and bishops have made no attempt whatsoever to assist them, nothing more than issuing regulation after regulation of how to clean churches and lock doors. But Christ gave us two pieces of advice for this moment. The first is this, keep the commandments. Notice how he phrases it, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's not do this or else. Our Lord frames this whole discourse in love. Out of love he will suffer for his apostles, and to prepare them he tells them, If you love me, if you are truly loving me, if you are my disciples, if you mean what you say you are, if you mean you are a Christian, then do it. Keep my commandments. Keep the commandments even when it seems difficult, even when it seems as if I'm not there to help you. Do it because you love me. That is what he tells us. It wasn't fear that drove Bird to the country. The cowardly thing to do would have been to abandon his faith, to keep his place in society. No, it was strength, it was love that caused him to give up everything and remain faithful to God. It was love that made him go to great extremes to find ways to still live the Catholic life, 
to have clandestine masses in his home, to provide fitting music for them, to protect those secret priests as best he could. In the words of St. Thomas Aquinas, the things we love tell us what we are. Are we Christians? Do we love Christ? Have we tried to take advantage of whatever capability we have in this time of quarantine and isolation to express our love of God? It's not too late. Make your homes into little churches. Some of you have been coming to adoration. Others have brought flowers to Our Lady last week when we crowned her. What can you do to still show your love for God in what are hopefully the last days of her isolation? And then the second piece of Christ's message is that for those who love him, he will send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to be with them always. We are blessed this morning to be able to witness the direct gift of the Holy Spirit in one of the members of Christ's flock, in the Holy Sacrament of Confirmation. It's such a fitting day, really, considering our first reading where we see the apostolic origins of the sacrament. Philip the deacon comes to Samaria and finds that the people there have been baptized, but have not yet received the fullness of the Holy Spirit that he received from the apostles. And so what does he do? He realizes that only the apostles and their successors can pass on this gift. And so he summons Peter and John. They sent them Peter and John, who went down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For it had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. The sacraments of the Christian religion are the assurance of Christ's presence with us always. For those who love the Lord, the sacraments are his comfort for them. I mentioned that a few weeks ago in reference to the Eucharist, how Christ gives us his very flesh to taste and touch as he opened his side to St. Thomas, all this so that we may believe. This is the same with all of the sacraments. We are given the sacraments so that we are assured of his presence for all eternity, even and most especially in difficult moments like this. I will not leave you orphans, says the Lord. No, none of us within the church are orphaned. We have been grafted onto the body of Christ in baptism. We have received the enlightenment of his Holy Spirit in confirmation, and we are being fed every day with the very flesh of our risen Lord. Which is why even in this isolation, even for someone who faces bitter troubles such as the persecuted Christians of the world, even for William Byrd, as he fled for his life to keep the faith, Christ's promise is realized in his church. No, we are not orphans. We have the church, which is why we call her our mother. I will not leave you orphans, says the Lord. Alleluia, Christ is risen.